0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the One, the Only Hog Talk podcast. We are live from the Amigo Provisions Company studios and part of the Belief and Buzz Radio networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas, so please like, rate, and review our podcast. And all shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark, Arkansas. I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me was Jacob Davis, and we are also brought to you by Bet Online, which re- remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events Head on over to bet online to join your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit and make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts and even though Arkansas you know they got beat out in the sweet 16 to UConn, continued watching the games Jacob i know a lot of people were saying that the final four in the national championship would probably be boring because The Blue Buds wasn't there. I mean, you got UConn, which has established itself, you know, with with its uh, run. But I don't know if you got to watch that San Diego State-Florida-Atlantic game, but I was hooked. It was back and forth. Florida-Atlantic led the whole way. Yep. And then the buzzer beater. And it's kind of a bittersweet. I was going to ask you. I don't know when the last time there's been a national championship that – faces two people against each other, one that Arkansas beat, and then one Arkansas got beat by.
0: It's probably been a while. Uh, man, I don't, I really can't think of any. I mean, we talked about it in the past where, you know, Arkansas has lost to the eventual national champions over and over and over again. But I really, you know, never have seen anything like this. Can, can we state the claim that if San Diego State actually loses to UConn, that Arkansas is the number two team in the country?
1: Yes. Can we take that clay run run up yes you you can yeah um it was i, I tell you what you know and, and I was watching the the women's national championship game today, and just every, just the excitement around the whole tournament has been amazing, I mean whether you're watching the women's game and just the records that have been broken what you know watching that tournament alone, and then you head over to the men's and it's just yeah it it's gonna be a battle between San Diego State and Yukon, but me, little old me, I know there's a lot of people that's not going to like me saying this, but if you look over my left shoulder, you, you, you see I've got a little Yukon memorabilia back here. You know, my my dad was stationed in Fairfield, Connecticut back in the 90s, which I got started on uh, the Yukon women's team. Well, in 99, they won a national championship, and then the women won it in 2000. So it was kind of like... And there's been two instances where the men and the women won it in the same year. So UConn has that prestige. And of course, you know, when Arkansas was playing UConn, I just sat back. I wasn't saying nothing because I, you know, being kind of a UConn fan, you know, it's just, I wasn't about to get in that Twitter war. Oh, no.
0: No, man. It was really, it was interesting to watch that game. And it's been interesting to watch UConn be so successful being able to turn it on once March came and have all the pieces come together. And it's been really an impressive run. It's been an impressive run for San Diego state, because I thought that they were a really good team. Uh, They have the pieces there as, as a, uh, as a group of five team, but also a, a school that has the talent there. The transfer portal, man is, has changed the, dynamics of college basketball and college sports forever uh the nil has changed things too because they talked about fau the florida atlantic having a really good sweet nil deal with their basketball team uh, that's how they're getting these guys and i think that uh in basketball and in baseball i think we're going to be able to see the game kind of switch in a way of uh, making it more pair uh, uh creating more parity amongst the colleges uh football is a ways way a way off i think the ritual the rich will end up staying rich. But, you know, being able to see, like, the Yukons, the San Diego States, the Creightons, uh, to make these runs has just been remarkable. And it's great for the sport because you're not having to see the North Carolinas, the Dukes, the Kansases. It's it's great to see that. I think it's great for college basketball. It's great for the avid watcher because you're seeing these other teams, these other schools yeah. that, that aren't considered uh, – uh, blue Bloods, but are kind of like right on the outside. You think about the Memphis, the Arkansas, the Texas, the Alabamas, the Auburns. They're all coming alive at the same time. And NIL and Transfer Portal is a part of it. And you see that uh, Eric Musselman was a trendsetter as far as the Transfer Portal goes. And, you know, it's a copycat thing. Once you see somebody have success with it, you're going to run with it. You saw Gus Malzahn on the football side. I know I'm chasing the rabbits. But you see, you know how Eric Musselman had success with the transfer portal. Now it's blown up everywhere. I'm sorry, I hit. My...
1: Well, and and you've seen people sitting back. Let Let's see how this works. Yeah. Let Let's let some guys like Eric Musselman go out there. He's a new coach. He's trying to make a name for himself in the SEC. Yeah, it's the portal has very now. Now you're seeing it trickle down because everybody. There's I mean, there's thousands of kids jumping to the portal. So yeah, it, it makes it great. And this is the point that I want to make of it is. You know, everybody likes the Cinderella the first weekend, but they don't want them to go far. It's like, okay, give her, give us our upsets, and, and, and after that, we, we want the Blue Bloods. But if you watched that game last night, it was back and forth all night long. And even the UConn game, I mean, they pulled away and finally, you know, pulled away and, and won by, I believe, 14, 15 to finish it. But like we said last time, you look at the last three national champions – and just how dominant inside these teams were. Baylor, Duke, and then yeah. um, you had, um, not Duke, but North Carolina, and then um, you had uh, Kansas. Kansas, and Kansas then you had year. UConn this year. You know, it's just been a bunch of bangers, like I said, That you know, because you're always going to get the score, and I think that's the caveat. You're always going to have scores. Yes, Arkansas lacked that from the outside and the perimeter – but you always have them. You know, you got Trevin Brazil coming back, which we'll mention that here in a second, you know, with the portal and the people coming back. But it's just a breath of fresh air to watch. You can't sit there and say, "Well, we want these 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 Cinderellas to upset, but let's not reward them for making it to the ball." Like you you got and it's it's really good to see. I want to see, I mean, <clears throat> I think this is the most fun like tournament I think because the women's had something to do with it too that you're just locked in. You're really it, it took me back to high school when you wanted to skip class and and go to the library or find that room that was watching TV and watch this tournament.
0: Yeah, and it's the women's side of things was just it's been entertaining, and I think a lot of it like they ESPN did a really good job because this is a tournament that they are covering. Yeah. Like CBS has the rights to the NCAA tournament. And ESPN has done an incredible job building up this women's NCAA tournament, and you've had the the Angels, the Caitlin's, the the uh, uh, Boston from South Carolina. You have these stars, and it's great to be able to see that being built up. And then you uh, look across the college basketball landscape and uh, as a whole, and and you see the the blue bloods down, but you you know these names. That, that are playing in, uh, in the finals here because, you know, a lot of these guys were playing big-time college basketball at the Power 5 level just last year. They decided to, to uh, transfer out, and it's made this tournament, both tournaments, more entertaining. And I I, I, I give ESPN as much heck as they get. Uh, they done a good job this year with the women's tournament. And then with the men's tournament, I mean, you, you don't have to build much up because everybody knows what March Madness is all mm-hmm. about. Exactly. But, I mean, it, this really lived up to it. You saw Fairley Dickinson take down Purdue. Everybody knew that Purdue was the most susceptible uh, number one seed. I said it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that if Arkansas was going to be in any bracket to upset a number one seed, it had to be Purdue, and they ended yep. up beating Kansas. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the, these tournaments, these, both of these tournaments – have have really shifted eyes, and I've seen people like uh, like uh, uh, the former Arkansas Razorback running back uh, uh, from Malvern, Madre Goodness. Hill, uh, Madre Hill, yep. Madre. He was talking about it today. He said, uh, he said this women's tournament's been more entertaining than the men's, and and I credit him with that. I mean, it, it takes you know it. I watched the LSU, uh, not the LSU, the Iowa-South Carolina game, yeah. and it was awesome. Like, it was back and forth. And Kaitlin's like a, a once-in-generation, like automatic from the free throw line, automatic from three, just a technical, amazing basketball player, like a Steph Curry on women's. Steph Curry. Yeah, she, that's was, what she awesome is. Yeah.
1: And I caught a lot of crap for it because here, this is what – and we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll dive into it for a second because – you know, people get caught up in the Caitlin Clarks, which is great for basketball. Great, what they've done. But they automatically want to hang the goat. They automatically want to name her the best college basketball player ever. And I'm like, okay, tell me you started watching basketball this year without telling me. Yes. Because you had Sabrina UNESCO from Oregon just a couple of years ago be the first one that was 2,000, 1,000, and 1,000 for a career, men's and women's. You know, she had twenty-six double or twenty-six triple doubles for her career. Now they're now this is this Caitlin Clark comes in, they're like, oh, she's the best thing since two years ago. That that's the way I see it. I've followed college right. basketball, women's college basketball since '96, '95, '96. I could write out a list of 15, 20 players off the top of my head that are better. Look at Brianna Stewart. Four four NCAA titles in four years. how, how yeah. are you gonna top that? How are you gonna top what she did and listen, this is a UConn team that they're out of conference. They're playing Stanford, Notre Dame, Carolina, Duke, they're playing all South Carolinas, you know, they're playing the top teams, and then they're going to play in their their conference, you know. But it's just she is a great player. And what her and Reese, Aaliyah Boston, Zia Cook, all this these teams have done for the women's game, and of course, You got what ESPN done for it. It was an amazing job. But there's just sometimes, I mean, it's just like she's great, but let's pump the brakes on saying she's the best ever. She was the best player this year. I mean, to have even in the loss today she had 30 points. But I made the point you can't rely on one person to win you a national championship. You can't rely on that just one person because she ended up getting three fouls, and it went from a seven-point game to a 17-point game. A lot of people were just like, well, what else are you supposed to do? She shot the ball over 200 times more than her next teammate did. I mean, that, it's basically, hey, give Caitlin the ball, let her go to half court and shoot the ball. I mean, that's great. It's great for the excitement of the game. That's what Curry did for Dayton. You know what I mean? Give him the ball and yeah. let him shoot. But did that ever get him a national championship? And that was the sole point I was making was, you know, and I ain't my crow. I didn't believe she was the best player until that performance against South Carolina and what she did to one of the best defenses in the country. The thing that got South Carolina in trouble was they could not shoot the perimeter, a.k.a. you look at the freaking LSU game. Girl, uh, Pearson, I think that was her name, had had 21 points and seven threes in the first half. I mean, they shot the three, and and they weren't playing a lick of defense, and that's another thing that I want to add to the best player ever you can't sit there and say someone who doesn't play defense is the best player ever. You just can't do it. I mean, they she sat there at free throw line extended, let them run around, and then she runs down the ball and shoots the ball. So that's my rant on that part of it. But it's it, yeah. But do not. I mean, I could sit here and you can say, well, this person's not the best ever, but yet congratulate them on a great year and say they're a great person or a great player. I mean, that's you can say those two statements in the same sentence.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, I think there was a lot of issues there with Angel and uh Caitlin and how they uh, were back and forth with each other and and Angel kind of got in her face and did the uh, John Cena you can't see me look. I know there's a lot of people that are mad about it, but I mean Caitlin was doing the same thing in Louisville just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you got to take it and then you know how many for the people, game. I do love You know how that. many
1: people said that Angel was trash for saying that not realizing that Caitlin done the same thing. Do you have how yeah. many people I Maybe caught? History. There was so many people who said that. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that Caitlin said this. And they have to crawfish. It's like, come on now. Yeah. Like, yes, she has taunted. And, yes, I said my things when, you know, they played Arkansas and they made the thing about yes. Samara. Because Samara was 5'4", five, 5'3", five, and she stood over her like, okay. You know, I mean, there's times and places to do it. But it's still yet it's like it doesn't make her a bad person because listen, when Devo done his dunk, this is the thing, the biggest point I made. When Devo done his dunk last year against Auburn, swung around, swung his legs in that guy's face, everybody celebra- <laughs> you know celebrated it. Yes. Let's put the picture in Crystal Bridges. But in the women's game, when they do that, they're like, Oh no, she's being trashy. But when they look back in Kaylee Clark's a little you know what? She was talking oh, yeah. trash to Van Lith, she was talking trash to South Carolina. She was basically shooing them off, taunting them, making them shoot the three, which is which is okay. I don't have a problem that's what with she do. was doing. I don't have a problem with the taunting. But you can't sit there and say, Well, Angel Reese did this and then that and then when you see video of Caitlin Clark do it, you're like, Well, that's different. No, it's not. No. Taunting's taunting.
0: No no i mean taunting happens all the way to junior high ball like man if you 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 only see so much that happens on tv look man when you're playing on the court there is some taunting all the talking jibber jab Mm -hmm. man talking about your mama like and don't (laughs) even bring up church league church league's the worst
1: one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> church League is That's rough. It's
0: true. It's true. Uh, you get dunked on in Church League, too, and they'll be they'll say something you want to pop off, and then it'll start a big old brawl again. I mean, it, it, binge is clearing. But, no, like, it, it's just one of those things. Like, look, they they both did it. It's good for the game,
1: and I like it. And I don't know if Caitlin's going to be able to come back next year or not. She I could possibly come back for two years. Year. She is honestly contemplating coming back for two more years. And and this is the thing. Oh, wow. Why wouldn't you? This, yeah. this is not the big money go to the NBA and make millions like the NBA guys do. You go, you go she's back and you've got you to deal with Nike. She, she's she got million-dollar deals right now. Oh, wow. And, if, I mean, she could come back for two more years because of the COVID year. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're sitting in a position like that and if you've seen the crowds at Iowa, this is a lot of people who don't understand about you know, you see Arkansas. We have four or five, sometimes seven thousand fans. But you get to South Carolina; they got just as many fans as the as the men's games at Arkansas. They
0: sell out.
1: Yes, they, they sell out the yes. the
0: arena down there. And Iowa's Carolina. the
1: same way. So if she gets a million dollar NIL deal just with Nike, and she's got yeah. others with other people, why wouldn't you come back and play college ball?
0: Yeah, and I love seeing the uh, I love seeing what uh, uh what they're able to do uh, as far as like the NIL is just bringing so much marketability it. to these players that I think it's going to translate to their professional careers much easier than it used to. I like what Tyler Butler said the other day about the WNBA. He said like one of the WNBA players, the most they make is like $150,000 a year. And he's, he's like, most of these players, I look, yeah, I, w- I started to research and I'm like, these kids, they don't, they have to pay, or these ladies, they have to pay their hotels, their flights they're
1: look, getting they, paid they have to go dollars a year in the offseason they're having to go play overseas yeah for extra money exactly I mean and and look and I'm not getting into the, I'm not getting into the the pay thing it oh yeah because here's the thing WNBA can market this thing more the better they could do a better job yeah. supporting their players and stuff they could do a better job bringing in because look if it can be done in the college game it can be done in the WNBA so I'm not gonna sit there and say, well, they need to make this out because they're already operating at a loss. The W I mean, they're playing off of a it's a subsidiary league of the NBA. You know, right. but they I'm just stating what these people have to do because they don't make the money, you know, and yes. it's just a fact that um Diane, you keep doing an intentional interface over and over. well, I mean, Caitlin done the same thing. Right, Just because you do it two seconds or ten, she done it in her face. She basically told Van Litt to her face, shut up, you're down 15 points. So, that is the whole argument. Know the whole story before you say Angel can't do it. Because Caitlin says things on and off the court. Every time she gets pushed down, she's throwing her hands up in the air wanting a foul. I I don't want I mean, like I said, Caitlin is a great basketball player, but there's no argument that's going to change my mind – about the whole – because you look. Go back and watch the game. Every time she would go to the ground, her hands would come up. Or when she got – now, I will say this. The technical foul was crap. She just oh, yeah. threw the ball behind her back, out of bounds, and the ref jumped the gun on that technical foul. I will defend her on that one. But every time there was even a foul called on her, and even on the push-off in the first half, she clearly pushed off. And the lady was like, what did I do? Like – yeah don't remember
0: uh remember Marshall Henderson
1: yeah that that played (laughs) for Ole Miss
0: oh dude that dude has some shenanigans he's one of those guys that you just love to have like you I mean you think about uh uh who's that guy from Oklahoma State Rock Reggio yeah that guy he's a character like these these characters I don't care if it's Angel Reese or or Caitlin Clark in the girls game or or you, or the guys, Grayson game, and like, Allen. Like,
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it, like, it happens.
0: This is, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to have these kind yeah. of uh, personalities. That's what's good for this sport. You think about KJ Jefferson, and like you, he looks like a like he he's on the sideline getting ready to go. You think you think of like JD Note, that dude. He would just chew bubble gum and make baskets and, and shoot. I mean, he didn't well, make a lot of them, but he sure did shoot a lot of them. Look and at he'd Baker chew Mayfield bubble gum and, and shoot.
1: Baker Mayfield took the OU flag and went to the 50-yard the, the line at OU or OSU and stuck the yeah, yeah. flag in Ohio State. I mean, it happens.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Y- you. Why do you think they give personal fouls for taunting? Because it happens, you know, and it's just because yep. they think it's obsessive. But we like it. You're a fan. You like oh, yeah. the trash talking. It's just part of the game.
0: Absolutely. No, and uh, while we're talking about this side of the game, we you want to talk a little bit about the portal before we go to the break, or
1: yeah, um, it, it we all knew Nick Smith Jr. was going to leave, and we probably Horse are pretty sure secret. that you know Anthony Black's going. We did see that Devo testing the waters; he's keeping his eligibility open. And I'll tell you what—that we'll, we'll end on this before we go to the break. But I think that is the best thing that they did for the nba and i think they need to do it for the nfl and they need to do it well major league you can still come back the baseball but giving them the opportunity to get graded see where they're at see what they need to work on as long as they don't hire an an agent they can come back i think that's the best thing that they could have done because so many kids have people in their ears go get the money go get the money and then they get graded and they're like wait there's no money now where do they where do they have to go they don't have the guidance And I think so many kids get in the past have been dealt wrong because they're like, man, if I would have had somebody who could have just told me where I was at, real people, the people who are really drafting you, the people who are really investing millions of dollars in you, saying, hey, man, you might need another year, how many kids could have been saved or made millions themselves doing that?
0: Yeah, Adam Silver in the NBA has really worked with the NCAA about trying to get, a better rule, uh, more rules in place to help the student athlete. You remember De- uh, Denver Kirkland when he yep. played for Arkansas mm-hmm. as a left tackle and left left school as a, a, a junior, third-year player, and didn't get drafted? You remember that? And I remember Brett Bielema coming to uh, – saying something about it in a press conference uh, just a, few, a couple of weeks later saying, you know, I wish we had uh, rules in place like the NBA does where if a guy does want to test the waters, he can go out there and test the waters. And if he doesn't get the particular grade that he uh, thinks he deserves, he can come back to school, even if he goes undrafted or doesn't receive those grades. And, and that was one of the best things Brett Bielema did. I mean, he's, he was a rules guy. Uh, he was heavily involved in the NCAA rules committee. I think he was sitting, he he's like one of the chairs of it at some point uh, when he was at Arkansas. Uh, but you know, that would have been a great thing to have a a Denver Kirkland for a fourth year uh, in 2016. I think it would have shorted up the offensive line. I don't know where, I, but, but yeah, that that testing the waters is a great thing, and I like what Devo's doing here. And Devo's doing it. And, and if you remember, reporter, this is what Mason Jones did a couple of or three mm-hmm. years ago. Hit I mean, he was averaging what 22 points a game, and I mean, was putting together offensive mastermind performances every single night because that's all Arkansas had and he left school when his stock was the highest because yep. you you think about it you know averaging 20 something a game and being the sole focus of a of a team you're not going to be promised the next season that you're going to have that great of a performance devo yep. i mean he he took what four times more shots than what he took his whole career he became more of a consistent threat an offensive uh, opportunist and a defense a defensive kid that's just locked in and will and will lock down on you. And I think this is the best thing for him. Uh, he had a uh, his three-point shot, was at 35%, shot 41% from the field this year. His stock's never higher, and I think he did a, a good thing for himself. And I, I think it's justified. Yeah, you know, I didn't see a lot of people giving him crap like they gave Nick Smith.
1: Well, and there's there there's a lot of that that is a totally different situation that we can we, we can bounce off next segment because you know you know Nick Smith Jr. was apparently hurt at the beginning of the year when they were over in Spain or over in overseas. Then you know he got injured, and and a lot of speculation was because he was a legitimate lottery pick. He was this and that. They're like, well, he's just holding out. He's doing what this kid did. He's doing what that kid did. You know, there was a lot of talk opposed to Devo was there, stepped up, and he made his stock rise. But, again, we we don't know where he's going to be graded. I mean, it is great that you get to test the waters and you get to see where you're at because, again, just like you said with the NFL, I mean, it's good because of one thing. You've got a middleman. You don't have your guys, your buddies talking to you in the ear saying, go. You don't got your coaches who you you think in the back of your mind they're just telling you to stay to make their program better, you've got that middleman, that real agent dude or that real NFL guy, NBA guy that can sit there and tell you, all right, this guy's here. He he's You're comparable to this guy, and he's second round last year. Or this is comparable to who we compare you with this year, and he's going to be a first-round draft pick, so you might fall in To the early second round. I mean, they can give them an idea, but of course, you can't make anybody guarantees because of the whole fact of you don't know what team wants what, but you can at least give them an idea. You're definitely a second-round guy. And if they want to make that jump, they want to make that type of money, they're going to go. If they want to come back and try to make them see if they're a first-round pick, because also, who else is going to come back next year around the country that could possibly be you know, a first round lottery pick. Who's coming out of high school? That's the lottery pick. Who is international? There's so many layers. I think when you think, and that's the difference between NBA and NFL. There's so many different yeah. leagues you've got to worry about when it comes to international, Euro League, G League, high school. You know, you don't know mm-hmm. how many people's going to come in and transfer portal that can end up coming into your team and lowering your stock as well. So I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. that goes into are you ready to take that jump to the NBA?
0: Yeah, and we've seen like guys like BJ Young and Courtney Fortson and several guys that just left school early, and and didn't get drafted. But uh, I like what Will says here. You know, it's a similar thing with Alex Collins. I think Alex left when his stock couldn't be higher. Too though, uh, think about it: twenty touchdowns and fifteen hundred yards rushing. You're not gonna. You're probably not gonna do that behind the twenty sixteen offensive line either. Yeah. I mean, Raleigh Williams ran for 1,300 yards and I think 13 touchdowns, but, you know, you don't have the – I don't think you had the same type of production uh, in, in 2016 as you did in 2015. I think he left at the right time, Will.
1: Well, and also, what was going on with the coaching situation around that time?
0: Sam Pittman was gone. Okay. He left after 2015.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you had a coaching change. Who's going to come in? Who's going to, I mean, it, it, who's going to come in and be the coach and get me to that next level? You know, so there's, there's a lot that goes into that.
0: Yeah. I and mean, you think about Devo's situation here, he could be a second-round guy and go play some summer league games, get the get that sign-on sign bonus uh, in the draft, and then, uh, go play some uh, summer league ball, make a squad, and on opening day. And, I mean, if things don't work out, you can go back to G League, make your way back up to the NBA. Like, there, there's a way for Devo to go back and make money. Or he could, you know, just say, hey, uh, maybe I do go undrafted. I can come back one more year. The thing is, there's not many third- and fourth-year players around the country in college basketball that are getting drafted into the nba there's just not
1: yeah well and i and, and this is not position this is pure this is pure will this is pure heart i compare him to Jalen williams you're gonna get a guy that will grind for you will work for you will be in the gym he'll be that guy he'll be that one guy look at Jalen williams he, he made himself known as a, we talked about this last week he made himself known as a charge guy took his charges, took his charges, paid his dues, and now he he's in the starting rotation. Devo can be that guy, that facilitator. Yeah, he might not be in the starting lineup right away, but he'll come in and get you eight, ten minutes and really get after the people, give those guys a break. So, I mean, he there's a spot for him in the NBA. He's got that drive and determination. I just think there's offensively stuff that he needs to work on, and that's the thing. Do you want to work on him another year in college, or do you want to try to go to develop – Underneath an NBA coaching system,
0: there—it's crazy the streak that Arkansas is on right now with the amount of guys going to the NBA. I mean, Arkansas has had four guys drafted in uh, the past four drafts, uh, and I don't think there's been that kind of streak. Uh, consecutively, year wise, let's see here. There was 92, there was 87, there was still a gap between 83, 84, 85, 82. So 81, 80. Okay. So there was back in the late 70s into the uh, early 80s, there was at least one Razorback taken in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight drafts. So this, this year, they're guaranteed to at least get one guy, Nick Smith, drafted. Probably going to get uh, uh, Anthony Black in there and maybe Devo Davis. So that's five consecutive drafts. That's just an incredible job that that Eric Musselman's done, kind of elevating the talent level and getting guys into the NBA. And that's the selling point that that Eric Musselman had coming into the NBA, uh, coming to Arkansas, saying, I know what it takes to get you to the NBA. Trust me, and I'll, I'll take you. That's and- the biggest
1: thing right there. Trust me. You've got to get yes. the players to trust him. And what has he done so far? You know, but, but we're up against a break. We're going to carry over this conversation right after the break. We've got to say a word from yes, our sir. sponsors, and we'll be right back. At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland.
0: Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Dot com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today
1: at 870-942-5121. And we want to also thank our sponsors at Arkansas Brewing Company at 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. They're serving you up all the greatest bar foods, snacks, drinks. They always have karaoke nights. They always have some live music going on on the weekends. So go down and see Destiny and Chris Brockett at 201 South 1st Street in downtown Ozark, Arkansas. And Jacob, give us some words from our sponsors at Amigo Provisions Company. Mike.
0: Because I cannot unmute my mic for some reason tonight. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm uh, kind of under the weather. But sorry, but anyways, if you like my hat, it fits my big old head. Uh, it's got a it's it's got the uh, back on it. Uh, they're coming out with a mesh fit here in a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's got accented with the uh, Razorbacks on it. It's officially licensed by the uh, University of Arkansas and the NCAA, so you can buy that. You can also go online to AmigoProvisions.com and get one of the. Uh, fishing shirts, uh, the high-tech, uh, what they're called, uh, is what they're called. You can get one of those. Uh, man, look good, feel good, look good, and just go online to And
1: what we were talking about beforehand was, you know, basically like Devo and his, let, let's say, draft stock and yeah. testing the waters and how he reminds me of Jalen Williams and a guy who I know he put the work, work in. I know he's one of them. I mean, he's posted so many posts and on Twitter and and he's in the gym. It doesn't matter if it's ten, eleven o'clock at night, you know, this guy's in the gym. So if he can get somebody to buy into him, I, I think he's gonna be somebody that if somebody gives him a chance, he's gonna go all out for. Him. I mean, he, he's just um one of them guys that will fight tooth and nail. And then, again, um, just where he come from, you know, Jacksonville. And then getting to go, an in-state kid. Look how much he's worked hard for Arkansas. And all the stuff that he's been through with the uncertainty of him starting, he shouldn't start. Why is he playing? Why is he shooting the ball so much? And then you see how he did in March. I mean, he, this kid was doing it as a freshman. He made that shot that sent him well, the lead eight. You know what I mean? It, eight, yeah. it, it's just, but yet everybody's like, well, he's not this. He's not that. I think he's everything what he is. And I think he can get to an NBA roster and, and make it because he's got that drive and determination. And that's what it takes. And that, that exact, that's exactly what it takes. What's going to separate yourself from others? Everybody dreams about making it. But what are you going to do when you make it? And that's where the real fun begins. When you get there, you work even harder because you've got 20 other guys trying to take your spot.
0: And that's one thing a coach told me years ago is, you know, I've got four guys out here that that are better than you. They're more talented than you. They're more athletic than you. But you got heart. I can have all these guys and put them out there and win games, just let alone on their abilities uh, and what they display. But what you display... Is teamwork. You do everything right. You have the drive, and you're not going to play for Eric Musselman if you don't have the drive to succeed. And that's what Devo has. That's what sets him apart as a player, and uh, and that's what sets him apart to the fans as a guy that gave his blood, sweat, and tears. A guy that that has been there every single night. Missed a game uh, due to uh, due to personal reasons, but came back to full fanfare. People missed him uh-huh. because why? Because he's that key part, key piece that was missing in that game. Game, even though they won it, I mean. And you think about the Kansas game. Where would you have been if you didn't have Devo Davis? Uh-huh. Where would you have been in the SEC if it wasn't for Devo Davis? Somebody else, yeah, would have had to step up. But you look at that roster this year. Who would have stepped up? You know, but uh, Devo willed this team. If he wanted. He determined himself that he was going to take it, and I, I and and you could see the the story in his face. You could see what he lived after that Kansas game when he was in tears in that uh, in that interview after the game. You could see how much it meant to him. That's what that guy's going to carry over into the NBA. It's a great story, yes, but he is going to make somebody a very proud. Uh, 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 yeah, so uh, like NBA team because it, I mean he's going to do whatever it takes to make it, whether it's a G League NBA or overseas, he's going to make it. Yeah, just because of hard alone.
1: And if that's this year, next year, whenever, I mean that that's I'm just saying in general, he's going to end up finding a spot. He's going to end up finding a roster. and and yeah. I would love for him to come back one more year, you know, to really grow as a leader. And grow as and I'm not saying anything that he's lacking. I'm just saying grow and you know you never stop learning, you never stop growing. I would love to see him come back with Brazil one more year and get some of the other guys to come in. You got fall coming in. I mean, you give pinyon another year, you got Darren Ford another year. I mean, all these guys that facilitate around you and they're going to need your leadership, you know that's the thing. Who's going to be the leader next year? say say black leaves, Smith leaves. Devo leaves. Who who is going to be that leader next year? That is this team going to jail in February? Are they going to look how late it took this team to jail this year? You, yeah. you lacked that, those that those scores. So, you know, what's this team going to be like without him? Because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many points he averaged. He was the most important person on this team all year round because. How he was, how he carried himself, how he was, is that glue guy. And for him to step away and say, man, I need a minute. And to come back, like you said. I mean, that's that's amazing. Amazing for him to come back. And that just shows you the fans. They supported him with open arms. And, I, I mean, I hope he comes back next year.
0: Yeah. I hope he does too, just because of what he means and what the state means to him. And, and you love, you can see the adoration between him and Muss, Like, they love each other. There is a genuine love between the guys, a respect between the guys. And Musselman even said it after the game that this guy is like my son. He's been there since the beginning with Musselman. And, I mean, Devo was a raw point guard coming out of Jacksonville High School. Uh, he was going to go to Oklahoma State. He was. He would have been playing for Oklahoma State. He probably would have been in the transfer portal uh, by now, maybe come back home after a while and, and play for Musselman. But, I mean, that's just all predicting there. But where would Arkansas be if if, if Eric Musselman was never hired and Devo never came to Arkansas? He wouldn't be in the yeah. Elite Eights. You wouldn't be in the Sweet Sixteen. No,
1: you wouldn't, because you wouldn't have got the other players. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have had no. been able to have Nick Smith Junior. for a year. You wouldn't have got Anthony no. Black. You wouldn't have got. Any. I mean, where where would any of them guys be? Would Jalen Williams right. would have come? You never know how many of them guys you really had to talk into coming. So I mean, that's we'll see what happens with this transfer portal. Um, you know, of course, Nick Smith Junior. is the only one that's really said. He's gone. Um, I don't know if there's been a decision on Anthony Black yet or not. There's I, not yet. And so that's is that a good thing? Because here the and the reason why I asked that is he was projected to go first round just like
0: he was top twelve. Up.
1: So at one point. Was that a good thing that he's not announced yet? I mean, I don't I mean it makes you wonder. And and of course he put out that little you know, year one year thing. One. And, I, I mean, of course, I mean, who wouldn't retweet that and, and, and say, hey, what does this mean? Because he didn't say, right. hey, thanks, Fayetteville, deuces. It was year one. That usually means you're one of four, you're one of two, three or four. So, uh, until he announces, there's still hope that he could return. And what would this team be like if he returns Right. Andy, and the and that's the thing. What what if Devo's looking to see if Black returns? And then you got those two guys coming back, along with your guys coming in, that they, they could be a salty bunch next year.
0: Yeah. I think you get Ricky Cancel back, you get obviously you get the Trevin Brazil back. That was huge news on Friday because there was a there was points throughout the season that I heard that he, he thought about just going to the NBA. Just Going off the nine game and uh, nine games he played for Arkansas and the season he played for Missouri, I think there was enough there to show his potential and be drafted maybe yeah. in the uh, second round. But he comes back. I mean, the sky is the limit for him because we saw how Dominique was around the rim, a guy that could extend three point line extended, like he could he could shoot from anywhere, and that's what makes Trevin Brazil such a. Piece to the puzzle that Arkansas didn't have last year. I think I, we've we've repeated that and regurgitated that over and over so much that it's almost beating the dead horse now of uh, what could have been. But now you're saying, well, you look on to see what we have now, and you got a true point guard. Not that you didn't have one in Anthony Black, but you have a facilitator, facilitating point guard in uh, Laden Blocker. You bring in uh, Bayfall. You bring back a uh, Trevin Brazil. Like, I don't know what Arkansas' schedule is going to be as far as the non-conference play goes right now. But, man, it's going to be Lob City again. Of course, if you get uh, Ricky Council back Mm -hmm. and you get Jordan Walsh back, like, it's going to be Lob City. It's going to be fun to watch. And that's uh, that's one of the bright uh, stories that we were able to see after the uh, season ended.
1: Yeah, and, and of course, you know, the drive of we made the Sweet 16, but we know – things could have been better, unfinished business. Yeah. And that's crazy. That, that's crazy to say that three, four weeks ago before, you know, say two, you know, right before that daunted three-game stretch of the, of the season, we're sitting there like, man, this is going to be tough. How far are they going to make the tournament? They're a bubble team. Are they going to get in? And then the closer it got, they're like, okay, their lock is a 10 seed, maybe an 8-9 seed. We didn't even know how far they were going to go. And for them to beat Kansas – And then fall to UConn, there's that thing of, man, we really wanted to make it three Elite Eights in a row. We were this close. Yes, we ran into a buzzsaw. All we need is a couple more pieces. If we get these guys to return and we add some legit guys out of the portal along with fall and blocker, and then you bring back Walsh, you bring back Black – I mean, those five guys, man, and you add some depth. On the inside, yeah. I mean, the, the Mitch twins could come back. We, I don't know, we ain't heard nothing from them yet. So, I mean, this team could end up shaping back up. And you, the more guys that you got that's returned, you've seen how difficult it was to jail 11 new guys together in Eric Musselman's system. Right. I mean, it took almost a month later, you know, before them to jail. So, we'll see how yeah. that goes in. But yeah, it's it's exciting to to see how this team or what this team could shape up to be. But it all depends on who's leaving, who wants to go to the draft, or who's going to go to another team.
0: Yeah, and I liked what uh, John Rothstein tweeted uh, before the Final Four began. And he said uh, the retention for the Final Four amongst these teams, 16 of the 20 starters or presumed starters uh, in the Final Four uh, games were playing on their team at least last year. So the retention uh, going forward, maybe this is what Arkansas needs to continue and get out of the Elite Eights and the Sweet Sixteens uh, more often, um, to to advance to a Final Four. It's not rebuilding and remolding your roster each year. Maybe maybe have a little bit higher retention. And you think about it, and you know if Jordan Walsh progresses and Trevin Brazil progresses, Ricky Council progresses. There's three starters right there. That you've uh, you will have back next year, uh, and then you have Devo Davis come back. That's four starters, and I mean you think about
1: uh, Ricky Council know, comes Black back. I will tell you does what, come back. Look, if Ricky Council comes back next year, I'm t- I'm telling you, he's going to be a hybrid Isaiah Joe Mason Jones. That that is you think it, so? It, yes, because if he comes back and he gets that three point shot down where he can shoot. <laughs> Perimeter three point shot, and he's a driver yeah. slasher, dunker. I'm telling you, he, he could average 18, 19 a game, 20 a game because we showed it this year. I mean, he did. And the thing is, you look, you look at people who are wanting to go to the NBA, they get that chip. All right, these guys, like you think of Ricky Council, you think of him as a dunker and a flashy, you know, score underneath. I want to prove to them I can shoot the three too. You know, you start working right. on these game and and has as much time as they're allowed to go into the gym and work on their game. You, if he develops an outside shot and this team desperately needs an outside shooter, and he can sit there, I mean that that right there could have made a huge difference. Not saying that they would have beat UConn, but that would have made a huge difference in the game against UConn of having that three-point threat. Look at what Isaiah Jones, Mason Jones, J.D. O.T., when he got hot, would do. You had to – they might not give you 20 a game, but you had to respect them like they were going to give you 20 a game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Miller, he's still the uh, highest uh, college draft pick uh, for the NBA draft this year. Trying to get this pulled up. Going slow. But – I think uh, Nick Smith might have fallen out of the top 14 picks.
1: Yeah, that's I, I'd heard he dropped in the lottery. I've seen
0: that in a lot of the majority of the NBA draft mock drafts. I've seen him go as low as 17. I've seen him uh, be in place with uh, number 16 with the Pelicans. Uh, this one here, let's see, they have Anthony Black at number nine uh, with the Jazz. This is the Bleacher uh, Bleacher Report. They have Anthony Black at number nine. Uh they they compare him to a bouncy Josh Giddy. And then uh let's see here, Nick Smith falling all the way to number nineteen for the Rockets. Comps of uh, Gilbert Arenas and Jamal Murray. Um and that's as far as that's the only two guys I see so far with Arkansas uh by their name.
1: And that could vote well for Arkansas. I mean, next year. You know. Oh, yeah. Um, but then again, let, let's see if somebody wants to go overseas and play. That That's another caveat. Does people – I mean, right. they're, they're paying guys to go overseas and play. You know, guys are going overseas and they're averaging – they're – yeah. ex-NBA guys are av- going out there and averaging 25, 28 a game. I mean, it's just it, – it's crazy. Yep. So, again, there's a lot of options when it comes to the NBA. And, and best wishes to whatever they choose to do, if they want to come back, go pro – I mean, some of these guys, they, they're ready to be financially set. They're ready to financially set their families up. The ones that who, beyond them, have put in blood, sweat, and tears and developed them and paid for camps and all the stuff. You know, they want to be financially set for life and their right. families. So, you know, there's nothing like knowing, like, hey, man, me and my family were good. That, that's hard to turn down. That's hard to be patient and say, if you just come back to college one more year, <laughs> you might can make more. So, I mean, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, look at Brazil and Nick Smith Jr. The, the injury bug's always in the back of their head.
0: Absolutely. And then uh, Eric, I mean, uh, uh, Ricky Council, number 39 to the Spurs. Uh, they have him compared to J.R. Smith. I like that comparison. I haven't thought yeah. about that before. And then you uh, scroll on down uh, through the rest of the uh, picks, and there's really nobody there. Um, Let's see here. Uh, There's Oscar Sheboy. He's a 70th overall uh, uh, player. So that means he's basically out of the draft. Uh, He's probably going to come back. I think he has one more year he can come back. Um, There is Drew Timmy. Obviously, he's not a – He's like number seventy-seven, right after Oscar Chibwe. uh, Jeremy Roach from Duke, who, who there's a lot of folks that had him considered as one of the best players in the country. He's not even a uh, in the top sixty uh, picks. I just Marcus, I feel Marquise bad. Noel.
1: I feel bad for those guys that are down low like Timmy. That there's where yeah. would they fit in the NBA? You know, what I mean that's one of them that. You want to play for Gonzaga and try to get your NIL money, and I don't know how much NIL yeah. you get at Gonzaga, but it's just you kind of feel for the guy because you're a great college player, but it's like where do you fit in in the NBA game? I mean, yeah, he's not – I mean, he's good down low, but you got to – in this game, you damn got to be seven foot and be a three, four. There's, there's not a five anymore yeah. really. I mean, there's a few fives, but it's not like it used to be, and I really feel – and you look at those guys like Noel – I mean, go to Kansas State and really ball out. And coming from Little Rock, you know, you don't know how many of these people, how many guards, what are they looking for? You know, are they needing a two-guard? They need a point guard. I mean, even the point guard position is different than it used to be. You know, everybody scores now. There's not that facilitator who runs the offense, that guy down low who, you know, pitches out to the three-point shooter or you score down low. Everybody's basically a one through four now.
0: Yeah, and then you think about, like, guys like Bobby Portis. When he was in Arkansas, he has completely changed his game Mm -hmm. as a whole. But you had to. I know Bobby had a three-point shot at Arkansas, but he wasn't the consistent threat that he is now in the NBA. That takes a lot of – it just shows that these guys are Arkansas. And that's what Sam Pittman says. These guys are Arkansas. Grant Morgan's Arkansas these guys are are the epitome of what arkansas (laughs) is blue collar work ethic guys and that's what bobby portis has done he has put in the work to to stay in the nba as long as he has
1: let let me throw this at you they're like years you're making 10 million for us now learn how to shoot a three or you're you know i mean it's just you know i I mean i'm just saying like look we know you're good at arkansas we're going to give you this contract get out there and you're gonna shoot 500 threes a day until you get to 40. Or what? You know, what I mean, it's just we've yeah. got to get you to adapt to this game. And once you get settled in, you look at gap. Look at guys like Gafford and Portis. You know, yeah, it took them a little bit to get settled, but once they got settled, they're household names now. Absolutely. But uh, I guess we'll move uh, on to uh, baseball. I mean, I know we're still – we're kind of in a weird transition where we're still in the midst of talking more basketball than anything. And, of course, we're going to be talking about spring football moving on. I think we're pretty much – unless we hear things about the portal and who's coming and going. But we're really starting to start our transition to the baseball. And a lot like last year – you drop the first game to Alabama, and then you come back, and you end up winning the series. So, um, and I loved the coaches. Um, he tried. He, he tried to do a hog call. <laughs> I mean, but, man. Four out of ten. I just, uh, I mean, it was, it, it was, an, I give it a negative one because it was immature as I'll get. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it was like. It was. It like, was. And you really think you're doing it was be- something? Hey,
0: hey, hey, it was better than Dana Altman's uh, uh, hog call. I'll give you that. It
1: was better than Dana Altman's. Yeah, well, he didn't last long enough to count. I mean, you got to at least make it 48 <laughs> hours before you you count. I mean, at least the Alabama coach here was he. Uh, the Alabama coach was here longer than Dana Altman was. <laughs> I mean, you know. Let, let Let's put it you know, call a spade a spade. I mean, um, but it, this team. It's unlike you know what you are used to. I mean, you have got some guys that can freaking absolutely jack it. I think they Ooh, have target wrecking. practice every day trying to hit it over that building. I think they're trying to hit the Mexican restaurant across the road. I mean, some of these shots that Brofofen, I keep on. I'd say his name like Worcestershire sauce. I mean, I keep on getting his name mixed up. Borfen, <laughs> Borfen, like I be, yeah. be Borfen, Borfen. You got Borfen and. Wagner and Hosenberger. Uh Diggs, and Wagner. Wagner But uh We're these Wagner. guys still even you know they're twenty three and five overall, twenty and two at home, uh six and three in the SEC, which of course that you you're more worried concerned about winning series and, and then dropping series when it comes to that point. But yep. you've got one, two, three, four, four guys still hitting over three forty. Um Borfin's hitting 405 in 27 games, hitting 405, six home runs. Wagner's got 12. Hosenberger's got five. Kendall Diggs has got eight. And then yep. Wagner's got 43 RBIs. I mean, that's just impressive. Very, very impressive what they've been able to do. Um, then you look at their, I mean, I'll tell you what really impressed me was their bullpen. You know, they've had so many doubts about their bullpen, and they really relied on their starting pitcher the last couple years. And even you see with Cops, using him twice in the series to really try to save the day. But bullpen really secured the series win today, and they have Arkansas State on Tuesday, and then they travel to Ole Miss. After that, they got a Tuesday-Wednesday two-game set with Little Rock which they really kind of and then you get to the the one we've all been waiting for the matchup with Tennessee, Tennessee. April 14th, 15th and 16th. So you're going to be in Fayetteville the 11th until you go to Georgia the 20th. So you get they're playing UCA the Tuesday after Tennessee so kind of yeah. a weird schedule what they got going on. I mean, I know you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're that Thursday, Friday, Saturday series with Ole Miss. You turn around, and play Little Rock Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you got to play Tennessee Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then play UCA the following Tuesday. That is right. That's insane. But again, this oh, yeah. is baseball. Is. <laughs> but what I worry about is what does this do? And I, I wish we had Kevin on. What does this do? This kind of schedule like this do to their pitching rotation? You know, you see when they get into the SEC tournament and you get into the regionals and College World Series setup, how this really—you've got to really worry about your pitching rotation. So it'd be interesting to see. You're talking about how the bullpen helped them out today the against Alabama. They're going to be tested a lot in the next couple of weeks because Ole Miss is not yeah. a slouch. Little Rock's definitely not a slouch, and then you got the Tennessee. So.
0: Yeah, this seems like they've kind of toyed with uh, Little Rock over the years uh, since uh, they've been allowed to start playing uh, in-state teams. But you're going to see guys like that you haven't really seen before, especially against like Arkansas State. I expect them to have some guys take a few uh, uh, games off, especially the Arkansas State game. You know, you may you may not see Peyton Stovall out there. You may not see TJ out there. You may not see Borfin out there. Maybe give them guys a, a, a little bit of rest. I mean, you can afford to do that when you have as much talent on this team as you uh, have had in a while. Uh, a lot of guys that are ready to prove themselves. And i tell you what, Gage Wood was fired up. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, you don't really see, uh, especially like last week when they, uh, or no, it was uh, Friday uh, against Alabama when they hit, uh, when TJ hit that home run and, or everybody, no, it was the week before that. I was in Cayman Islands, that's right. And, and they, uh, one of the guys uh, came in uh, on that Friday game and hit a complete bomb as Robinette hit that big bomb, and they came out and just bear-hugged him and and congratulated him. Uh, uh, You know, that's stuff that you don't really usually see out of Dave Van Horn's team is coming out of the dugout and then celebrate, but that was really cool to see. Uh, But you see, like, the excitement, especially from, like, Gage Wood, like, getting pumped up. Arkansas kid that Kevin Bohannon, the Mm -hmm. guru himself, said – this Gage Wood guy, he's going to be a problem. Yep. You better watch out for him. He just flipped from Kansas State, and I'm thinking, Kansas State commit? Ah, i would be all right. And then he comes in, completely comes in, and just dismantles the Alabama uh, lineup over and over and over again uh, today, or on Sunday uh, in in helped Arkansas secure that win. And so, shout-out to Gage. Uh, he played well.
1: Another Arkansas product out of Batesville. So, I mean, yes. that's the, you're talking about them guys that are charged up. And I'll say this. I mean, this and this is taking nothing away from basketball or football. But I think there's something different with these baseball players who play, are from Arkansas who put on – and I think it has to do with the prestige of the program. You know, not only are you saying you're one of the best players in the state of Arkansas, but you're one of the best players in the nation if Arkansas yep. chooses you. So, you see guys, you know, look look at Will McIntyre. Look at Gage Wood. Look at all these guys hauling. All these guys coming in, you seen what Zach Morris done last year when he got his time. Yep. You know, you're seeing some of these pitchers that are coming in and they're making a name for themselves. You know, it, it means a lot, and especially – you know, that, that that Sunday, you put that cream-colored Arkansas jersey on, you're just like it just means a little bit more when an Arkansas kid does it.
0: They're not playing for the ba- name on the back of their jersey. They're playing for the name on the front of the jersey.
1: Exactly. exactly. They're
0: playing for the state of Arkansas, and that's really great. I know we didn't get to uh, have time to really talk spring ball, but hey, it's spring ball. Uh, yeah. We'll get to it next week.
1: Yep. We'll, we'll Like I said, we'll start our transition uh, either tomorrow. I'm pretty sure tomorrow night we'll have our weekly women's sports report. On, But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to do our transition, talk a little bit more. Uh, we're going to be sharing a lot of stuff from Hogs Plus. We're going to give Sawyer Rattler and his team a shout-out, the uh, Hogs Plus. We're going to be sharing some of their content on our show. So, if you haven't subscribed to Hogs Plus, I did last week, and I'm telling you, it's all, all the access you get, the interviews and the stories that you get, the Basketball 100. Then you had the – we're talking about women's basketball – you know, 25 years since the the final four. So definitely subscribe to Hogs Plus, get that going. And also our newest member to the family, Meadows Lumber in Ozark, every time we have a guest on now, be brought to you by the Meadows Lumber Company hotline. And then for all you striving podcasters, anybody out there doing any social content, social media content, whether you're doing it for Instagram, anything, for all your social media Sound needs sweetwater. Sound is the best way. Taryn Cooper is the guy I deal with has got me my whole setup here in the studios, Migo Provision Studios. So definitely go in, hook up with Taryn, let them know we sent you because they put you in a circle with, with our circle. You get discounts, 10 percent discount on your first order. And a little caveat. Every time you order for Sweetwater, you get a package in. They put a little bag of candy in there, you know, for the, for the, for the sweet tooth. But, Jacob, is there anything else you got?
0: Yeah, just make sure you like, rate, and review our podcast on Apple and Spotify and uh, just give us a little shout out on there. Uh, you know, I like a little bit of, you know, some sweet talk. Maybe, maybe tell us how good we are and uh, maybe, maybe give us a little things of, hey, suggestion of what, hey, we could do better or you want to hear from us more. You know, just give us some suggestions uh, as we go into the offseason because we're, I mean, uh, when, when baseball season's over, we're going to need to find something to talk about. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, if we can do it during outside. COVID, by God, oh, we yeah. can do it during oh, the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, well, go over to our Instagram page. There, yeah. We're starting to do a lot more of our sponsor-related posts and sharing content with our sponsors um, on Instagram. So follow us on our Instagram page. We've got a YouTube page set up. We don't do much traction on it. We just put it on there to, you know, for another outlet for uh, people to – Listen to our podcast and watch our live show. But, but if there's nothing else for Jacob Davis, I'm Porter Hayes. We will catch you tomorrow night. Again, we are brought to you by Bet Online, and we will catch you tomorrow. Go hogs.